Welcome, travelers. This is Beautiful Flying Radio. about India for me is uh, is a long long story when I went there as a young woman I fell in love with this country and I ended up staying for seven years in Varanasi the forest of bliss the tip of Shiva's trident Everything that happens in Varanasi, they say, happens 10,000-fold. It's a labyrinth. It's a very old city, one of the oldest living cities in the world. It's as old as Jerusalem and Baghdad, and it's a living city, and it continues. Um, Buddha had one of his first teachings in Sarnath, just a few kilometers outside Varanasi. Kabir, the poet, was there, and lots and lots of beautiful gurus and prophets have walked the cobblestones of Varanasi. And you can feel that when you're walking there. In some of the holy texts about Varanasi, it says that Varanasi is made astrologically. So many, many times I got lost uh, in this labyrinth in Varanasi, happily so, and always, always ended up in the right temple at the exact perfect time that I needed to be there. And that's also very magical for me, to get lost in this city that's built for you to get lost and to be found again, and to get lost again, and to get found again.
when I was living in an old, old stone house that was actually the gatekeeper's house. I was living in a gate um, at the entrance to, um, to an old palace. And I had a, one dark room, which I later found out um, was called the Cobra Room. So one very, very cold night, I was freezing, there was no electricity, there was nothing back in those days, we didn't have phones or electricity, I didn't have a fridge, nothing. And um, it was one of the coldest winters in Varanasi. Uh, my feet were blue from the cold, from frostbite, from this very, very cold, wet, uh, woolen socks that I had been wearing for the last 14 days. There was no way any any one of us were taking any showers. We were all freezing, miserable, just sitting by the fire. And I guess I learned it the hard way, but I took in some coals into my room, which was a stone room. It looked like a tomb. And um, I lit the coals and I went to bed and I was nice and snug and warm for a change. And then I was lying, falling asleep, drifting off. And all of a sudden, I had no feeling in my muscles. I had lost all control of, of my movement. I could not move anymore. And I couldn't get myself up and something had woken me up from my sleep and it was a whole row of Indian gods that had just come and knocked me on my forehead one by one, one by one, all of them, Shiva, Parvati, Ganesh, Sarasvati, Hanuman, Anapurna, all of them had knocked me on my forehead and said, hey, wake up, you're about to slip away into another world. And I slowly, slowly dragged myself to the crack of the door, opened the door and put my nose out the door and breathed oxygen again. Fires burn in my memories, walking along that quiet street in my sleepy hometown. An elusive, faint smell sends me back, nearly reeling from the rush of remembering when I smell diesel fuel or sandalwood burning. I can see the gold and red silk draped and bound around the bodies of the dead, resting atop 
a three-wheeled motor rickshaw speeding through the crowded streets of Varanasi. Taking control of the flow of traffic, the funeral party presses onward, pedestrians sidestepping to avoid being swept up in the tidal wave of wailing. They dance sideways like a school of fish, darting and turning together. They somehow know a much bigger fish is coming, mouth agape, the natural order of things. The rickshaw of the dead is completely covered in teary passengers and headed inexorably towards the burning ghats where the fires of eternity consume the husks of earthly beings, purifying and freeing them for the next life. The ghats themselves are long stone steps leading to the water, the mother, the river of life, the Ganges. She is very wide here, where the two rivers come together, the Varuna and the Asi, like an inland sea, calm and flat, her opposite shore disappearing into melanin dust farms. Not all of the ghats are for burning. Some are for praying, or walking, or boating, or simply watching the lazy river flow past. But the burning ghats are by far the most talked of, and around them a sinister breeze blows. One can follow the smoke and the smell of burning sandalwood, always perched upon the stone are onlookers to the most private of rituals. Hollow characters with the look of death in their eyes, ghosts from the past, dark figures shrouded in twilight waiting to tell the tale of life and death for a donation, of course. Within view of the red glowing pyres, an all-night market bellows and seethes, gold charms, offerings to the goddess, and a sure ticket to the next life. The smell of food and frying mingles with that of human sweat and burning cow manure. Music fills the air, chanting, drumming, strange reeds and flutes. Hindi music blares from tape players in the stalls, which warble from the inconsistent supply of electricity. Mechanically speeding and slowing, the cassette tapes sound like a strange and unstable dream, making me almost queasy, yet somehow euphoric at the madness of it all. I had been warned not to wander at night, yet aimlessly I wander, looking for something. I sit upon a wooden bench in one of the stalls for a chai. These dusty streets drain the color from one's spirit, and chai is the only thing which you can count on. Always too sweet, always overboiled. 
car horn sounds, and I wake from my reverie. I've been daydreaming again, traveling back to that magical city, Varanasi, Kashi, city of lights, a jewel in the dust, water in the sand. enough of Varanasi, I would sometimes go up to the Himalayas, to the mountains, and just be in peace in nature. And one morning, a little old lady, she came up to me from the mountains, and she had a little lota, which is like a little bucket where you carry milk. And she came to me and she said, in Hindi, my dear, would you like to share a cup of morning tea with me? And I said, sure, and we sat down and we drank it. And we were sitting in the clouds, way, way high up in the clouds. And we drank that tea in silence and watched the clouds move. And when our cup of tea was finished, the clouds dissipated and the sun stroked our cheeks and she parted ways with me and she walked off and it was beautiful and peaceful and no words were exchanged, just smiles. The rhythm of a train rolling through the countryside at night, the bellowing call of the chaiwalas, each one in his own distinct melody, pitch, and rhythm, the noisy silence of the late night stops, the children begging for rupees and food. Despite my lack of sleep and sudden digestive troubles, I switch on the recorder and try to catch as much as possible. There's simply nothing that could have prepared me for the symphony that is India. All that you've been told, seen in photos, or may have heard about this romantic destination cannot begin to describe the chaos and vitality that envelops you as the door to the airplane opens and a hot, thick midnight air fills your lungs along with the smell of disinfectant cleaners, human bodies, car exhaust, cooking fires, burning dung, burning plastic, and spice.
On a train heading for Tirupati and Tiruvannamalai, I finally begin to hear the music. It's in everyone. It's in the chatter of the passenger cars and the cooing of a mother to her child. The mysterious ragas and melodies trickle forth, oozing from the walls of a dark night, illuminated by a small fire on a train platform in a tiny village in the middle of absolutely nowhere. A family sings with such deep sincerity, I nearly weep. Sound. Sound. I'm swimming in a sea of sounds. I always thought it would be hard to sleep in such a noisy place, but there's something different about the pandemonium. There's an interconnectedness, a purity of necessity, a calling out to one another. I'm so curious, but sleep is good when you can get it here. Third-class sleeper rolls into Indian pre-dawn darkness. In its wake, a silence of the variety filled with crickets, dog barks and cattle engulfs the deserted tracks. A single strained voice of one old man singing is heard in time to the rhythm of sandals shuffling. Where have you been for so long? I've been waiting for you. I said, I've been traveling the world. And she said, well, I'm right here. Whenever you come back, I'll be right here. And it makes my heart warm to know that maybe I'll go back to Varanasi in a few years and I will light a candle and we will say our prayers to my Ganga and we will be thankful and happy and spread our light just like that candle does. listening to Beautiful Flying Radio. I'm Lip Bone Redding. Thank you for joining me. Continue the journey at www.beautifulflyingradio.com. Be safe. Be well. <laughs>